now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Steve Smith joining us, former Baylor baseball coach. Steve, that might have been a song that was big with Baylor baseball back in your day right there. And everybody would kind of jump around. Time to get ill. Time to, you know, there's a that was a big deal. I mean, that was good music back in the day. How are you? Welcome back to the Mosley Show. Well, thank you, but I think that I, I heard that song first at Baylor football. Um, <laughs> I can still I, I can still see the dudes jumping around on the sideline, uh, waiting to go in. But hey, before we talk baseball, let's talk weather. You guys are smoking over there right now. Um, I got you beat by 10 degrees here on the cool side. So, man, whatever you do, stay hydrated. It's are really you in, uh, there. I appreciate the weather report. Are you in Auburn right now? Auburn, Alabama. Uh, and, and it, let's see if it's 10 degrees cooler. I mean, I would say in central Texas today, it has not been as hot in central Texas as it was in the Metroplex, but still probably about 102. 103. So you're saying out Auburn, out that direction, Alabama, we're talking low 90s. Is that about where you are? We're sitting, we're sitting an average fastball right now, uh, 90. Uh, you're sitting at 100. So, and, and there it feels like, uh, I think it feels like 109, all right, for whatever, however, however they measure that. Uh, you know, our fastball's up to 95, I think. But anyway, we can move on. I just, I look no. at that and I go, oh my gosh. I mean, that is just, that's just, that's just hot. Smoking hot. Who was your, who was your weather guy when you were at Baylor? Like who, was there one of those <laughs> local meteorologists that you, you trusted more than any other? Or would you kind of watch the radar on your own? If I thought long enough, I could think about that one guy who was around forever. Rusty? Maybe it was Rusty yeah, or was a... It was, yeah. It was, yeah, it was Rusty. And, you know, I've got an app now that I actually I actually picked up on this app in the last five or six years that I heard on a Ranger broadcast. And it, it, it's really... It's called Rain Aware. And... I, I use this now. They use it, you know, at the big league games to know when to pull the tarp and, you know, kind of how much time they've got till it's going to rain again. And, and when I first heard about it, uh, I started uh, testing it, you know. And, you know, the the handful of places I've worked since then, I've, I've used it a lot because it's pretty accurate and it's cheap. It's free. Uh and it'll tell you, you know, like right now, I'm looking at it over here, and it says next three hours, perfectly dry. Um, mm. Nearest rain. Nearest rain to here right now is 112 miles to the southeast. Or is that? Know, does it tell you, does it tell you like uh, what town it's raining in? I can go on the, I go on the, uh, the energy and see that. <laughs> um, so that would be southeast to here, 112 miles. That's in... I mean, you're almost in the panhandle of Florida, probably. Um, but anyway, enough <laughs> with the weather. I like it. No, I like it. Now, how is Omaha? Uh, not even just weather-wise, the whole scene there. You are in and out 
uh, for a few days, you had meetings that board of directors for the American Baseball Coaches Association. You've been on there for quite a few years, but um, but Steve, you're 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 kind of one of the young pups, aren't you? I mean that that's a group that boy you you don't have seniority till you've been about. 30, 40 years on that thing. And I think you've been on there about 20 years. Um, did you all have good meetings? And did you enjoy your time in Omaha? Do you like this? Do you like where they play it now? I mean, like, what's that What's that atmosphere um, like as opposed to where they used to do it? Well, Rosenblatt was great. A lot of history there. Played it there for maybe 50 years. Um, so it's been in the new ballpark since 2011 yeah and of course you know 2011 and 2012 are two of the most painful memories i have as a coach at baylor and so i remember when that ballpark opened it's really nice now it's much more playable in terms of offense i mean when they when they first built it it was turned around the opposite direction so most of the time you know, in this time of the year there in Omaha, the prevailing wind would be coming in. And this this year, and particularly the last couple of days, the winds were out. Um, but they've done so many things. They've changed the ball, changed the bat, done a lot of things since around 2013 to bring the home run back into the game at, at that, you know, at that venue. And obviously it was a huge part of, of the thing this year. And but I will tell you, you know, it gets hot in Omaha. And this year, you know, I was there for the, the Friday, the two games on Friday, the two games on Saturday, and the first game on Sunday when it opened. So I saw everybody play at least once. And it wasn't near as hot. I thought the weather was, and, they, and I've heard them comment, they, they might have had to stop play maybe one time for a lightning delay. And they never saw rain, so it never got to, you know, they never had to, they never had to pull a tarp, which is really unusual. I mean, this thing goes on for, you know, 10 days or so, and, you know, it's never had to, so it was really, it was well, it just, it just moved well. And the games, the games are incredible. Uh, you know, the first two days when I was there, I think every game was decided in the ninth inning. Um you know, the only games that really just kind of got out of hand are these last two games, you know, in the between uh, Florida and LSU. You know, Florida had their way in game two, and LSU had their way last night. And other than that, everything was really, you know, was, it went down to whoever was sitting in the bottom of the ninth had a, had a real, had an advantage until the last couple of days. Now, you saw LSU in person earlier in the season. And I, I, I'm kind of curious, did you know, hey, this thing could be a juggernaut? Obviously, they got great history. Or when you saw them, were they not totally clicking yet? What was your impression of LSU during the conference season? And then, of course, when you got eyes on them in Omaha, how much had things changed by that point? Well, uh, I wouldn't say it changed a lot, but it did change some. And, you know, being here in Auburn, I saw their, their three-game series here. And I Auburn finished, I think Auburn finished third or fourth 
in the West, and they took two out of three from LSU here at home. And 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 then they went to they went to Florida. So the two teams that were in the finals, uh, Auburn was three and three with. Now, what all that what all that says is that man, everybody's good, and it's how you play in certain times, and it's really how your best players play. And that's the thing I think. You know, I was asked my buddies over here. You know. You know, they text me, who you got? You know, who you got in the series? Before it started, before it started, I had Wake Forest winning their side, so they would beat LSU, and I had Florida winning their side. And, you know, I did that, honestly. It was a battle between my head and my heart on the on the Wake Forest-LSU thing. Uh, my heart wanted Wake Forest. They hadn't been in the thing in 50 years. And they were ranked number one almost the whole year. Um, they went into the thing, the number one seed. Uh, so, you know, you just kind of, my heart was going there. But I'm telling you, I've been in it long enough to, it's very difficult to bet against LSU in the moment. And uh, it just is. Um, and don't ask me to explain that. I do think that, the belief factor, you know, that, that players, there's probably, you know, the, the talent level, the talent level of talent is, is not that radically different from one team to the next, but the amount of confidence that, that guys bring to the field. Uh, like I thought the big difference in, in yesterday's game, um, not, not to, not to pick on any one player, you know, but, uh, Caglion, the guy who started for Florida on the mound, mm-hmm. he's, 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 their, he's their version of Jason Jennings, for those that remember Jason Jennings. Caglion's yeah. a, you know, hit, I don't know, 32 home runs, I think, on the year. And, you know, his pitching numbers, I, don't, I think he had eight or nine wins in a, in a three ERA, which this year a three ERA is unbelievable. Well, that guy yesterday didn't get out of the second inning and went 0 for 3 at the plate with three strikeouts. So arguably, I mean, one of their most, their very, very best players had probably the worst days had all year. Without, you know, who knows why, and it's not worth discussing why. I know he's, there's nobody, there's nobody hurting more about it today than he is. Nobody feels more responsible or that he, that, you know, he didn't help his team than that guy does. So I'm not, I'm not knocking it at all. I'm just, the reality is for them to win, that guy had to do something, you know, because the best players on the other side, Dylan Cruz went four for six, Tommy White went four for seven and, and Tommy White, he was a guy when they played here at Auburn, you know, they got him out of the portal from North Carolina state last year he was a freshman there he's a florida kid goes to north carolina state that's a little unusual to begin with i mean how did that guy get out of the state of florida you know he goes there for a year and you know when i'm watching him play in person i loved him uh i don't know that i would want to coach him but i loved him i mean he's got more chains on he looks like he, he's, he was born at the mardi gras parade 
And, <laughs> but, but the guy can, he can play and he can hit. I mean, he can really flat out hit. And, you know, he had over 100 RBIs on a team with Dylan Cruz. You know, I heard him, I heard uh, the guys on the call in the games talk about his average, twice average when Cruz reached base was over 600. That's unbelievable. And Cruz reached base in every single game they played this year. And that's equally is unbelievable. So, you know, now LSU deserves all the credit in the world because they went into this final three-game series really at a, at a pretty distinct disadvantage. You know, they had to play an extra game. Skeens had to go, you know, pitch that last game to, to get to the championship series. And so for him to ever see the mound, you know, it was going to be last night and it was going to be in a short, you know, stint. And they never had to use him. I mean, they were so, their guys stepped up so much, you know, in the last three games, they never had to use the guy. And I, I think that's just incredible, honestly. And, you know, seeing him in person, both here at Auburn and at Omaha, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a really, I mean, it's a really interesting, special kid. And, you know, I don't know who's going number one. Um, it's kind of a decision, I think, with, uh, I don't even know who's got number one, who's got it. But whoever's got it's got to make a decision. Do they want a position player or they want a pitcher? Because they've got, I mean, really, Cruz could go first if they want a position player. Uh, Skeens could go first if they want an arm. And they could probably, you know, everybody thinks you can go straight to the big leagues and pitch. It's not that easy. Um, but he probably can help somebody uh, pretty yeah. quick. The, 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 the position player usually takes a little bit longer. But, you know, but even Florida, Wyatt Langford, their center fielder, um, I mean, that guy's 225 pounds out there playing center field. And, and, uh, and he might can be, he might can beat Cruz in a race, uh, running. So there was just so much talent, <laughs> so much, so much older talent. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's older. The, the game's older. I, I, uh, part of it's COVID, you know, the part of it's that part of it's the portal, you know, but the whole thing kind of mixed together, you know, it's, it's, it's the, play, the team with the older players, you know, has got an advantage. I'm looking at LSU's lineup and I don't, and I don't think they had a, I don't think there's a freshman in that lineup. Uh, I know the one pinch hitter and, and when they do play a freshman, he don't look like a freshman. He looks like a, a freaking grown man. Um, so, Anyway, all right. You know, I'm kind of curious, Steve, how many College World Series teams you actually thought you had at Baylor. I mean, you talked about those painful reminders, 2011, 12. I was at those games. I mean, I was at Arkansas. We all remember all that. But those were amazing teams that you had. How many legit teams did you have in your run at Baylor that you thought, yeah, this is – this is a college World Series team, and this team could actually do some damage in Omaha. Would you say, like, five of your teams? Like, what would you – or is that too much? I don't want to go overboard. What would, What probably, do you – That's probably too much. I thought 
I thought 99, um, 99, we, you know, we're at home for a super regional. We were ahead one game to nothing. Uh, we lose, uh, I can't remember the score on Saturday, but it wasn't a big, it wasn't a big loss. And then we, then we lose a one run game. We, we led that Sunday game, uh, into the eighth inning. Um, we didn't have at that point in the program, that's 98. We did not have the depth on the mound that we had in 05. Um, and it's all, and that really is so big. I mean, it's just, and it's gotten bigger because, you know, your, your starters are just not going to go, you know, used to, you got, you got three starters and the big deal is keep them all healthy and, you know, a couple of guys out of the bullpen and you're good. And that, that, that ship has sailed that the hitters are too good. The intensity of the game is too much. Um, so we didn't have the depth at that time. So I had to run. So Jason went back out there. Jennings went back out on, on Sunday, uh, to try to pitch us out of the out of the thing. I, you know, I, I look at stuff like that. I got no criticism at that time back in 99 over that decision because, you know, it was Jason Jennings and everybody just would make the assumption, you know, that's exactly what needs to be in a game. As I look back on that, I think it was a bad decision. Um, mm. You know, we were the home team and I played my trump card really at a time that if it doesn't work, we're going to have a really hard time winning. And I didn't have to do that. Um, you know, and I don't want to relive all the others, but there's, there's, there's others, but 99 could have 03. 03 was a really, really good offensive team. Again, we won on Friday at, at LSU. Stephen White threw us into the ninth inning. He walked off the mound to a standing ovation at Alex box. One of the, one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Their people, 8,000 of them at the time, giving that kid a standing O. Uh, within 40 days, his mother was passed away of an aneurysm. Oh. So the last thing she ever saw of her son was that. Wow. Uh, you know, we win that game. Uh, we go the next day. And this is a team with, with David Murphy and Chris Durbin. Lee. It was a really, really good offensive team. It was very good. You can go back and look at the numbers in 03. They are very good offensively. Pitching was mainly young behind after Stephen White. Pitching was young. But we still, on the Saturday game, had a one-run lead in like the seventh or eighth. And they hit two solo home runs uh, off of two different relievers and took a one, and won that game by a run. And Murphy and, and we were the home team. Murphy and Durbin both flew out to the track, you know, in center field in that game. And the next day we just – we had a freshman, Mark McCormick, instead of the junior, Mark McCormick, that that stuffed Clemson in 05. You know, he got it handed to him in, uh, in 03 at LSU. But, you know, I still think we could have gone for sure in 11. Uh, the thing had kind of gone our way. If we, win that, if we win that game at Rice against Cal, we will come back to Waco and we'll host Dallas Baptist in a super regional. Uh, and then obviously in 12, we, we, you know, we've got a chance to win in both Saturday and Sunday's game and, uh, and don't get it done. And those are, 
those are really hard. Those kids, I mean, that's just really, really hard. Uh, but the 12th team, as good as it was, and it, it did get ranked number one at one point, the only, only time that's ever happened, it was the least talented of, of any of those other teams in terms of pro guys. I mean, obviously Max, Muncie's still playing. And Max, even at that time, was only a fifth-rounder. I mean, it wasn't like Max. You'd think, given the career Max has had with the Dodgers, and you know, I think that guy had to be a first-round guy. He was a fifth-round guy. And I think the highest draft pitcher we had, you know, was maybe in the 17th or 18th round. Uh, so it's just amazing. That group really played so well together and pulled for each other. It, it was like the 05 team. Uh, that did make it in that regard. Yeah, I love it. I love going down uh, memory lane with you. And uh, and I know, Steve, you're still kind of, you know, you've uh, been in the majors as a scout. You would still love to uh, to get back in. And so uh, I, I would only, I would think those trips to Omaha just fuel the fire even more. So you're telling me this this NIL and, and portal and everything that's changed over the years hasn't got you know still ha- hadn't put out your fire. You still would like to get in there and and um, and have one more go at it. Yeah, I I you know I was at Tennessee Tech. I was at Auburn in eighteen and nineteen, and we went to Omaha in nineteen, and then I went to Tennessee Tech right in front of COVID, so we didn't play hardly at all in 20 and then I was there in 21 and then I left to go work for the Detroit Tigers in player development so I wasn't I wasn't in scouting but I I was in player development and I I did it because you know I wasn't leaving college baseball to go to pro baseball I was I was leaving the situation I was in at Tennessee Tech and I thought I would learn I, I, I would grow much more as a coach over a couple of years of doing that with Detroit and that's what I did, and and I did learn. It was like a Ph.D. program and all of the analytics and all of the data stuff people argue about and talk about these days. Um, so I feel like, you know, both on the – mainly on the pitching side, because that's what I was doing, you know, I, I have somewhat set myself apart. I'm, a, I, I'm, a, I'm not a – I don't even like the word old school, but I, I've, I've been to that school. I know what that school looks like. But and I don't even really like new school, but I've been to that school too. And what I've really learned in all of that is that there's no such thing. It's changing every day. And so you're really just in school. And I I don't fight that. I enjoy that. The the, the uh, you know, I do. I, I, I love the game. Uh, I love watching guys be successful at the game. I love kind of being able to steward their journeys a little bit. Um, you know, the, the difference, Augie Greedo said something years ago that he was trying to describe the difference between amateur baseball or he actually specifically college baseball and professional baseball. And he described it like this. He said, college baseball uses the game for the betterment of the player. And professional baseball uses the player for the betterment of the game. And the first time I heard him say that, I thought that is so true. And, and it's not, it's not a criticism of either. It's it's the reality of both. And so, you know, I've been on both sides of that and I know in my heart, 
I see the game more as a means to an end and not an end in itself. And when you're in professional baseball, it's an end in itself, as it should be. It's the job. And you're there to win, and you're there to win championships and put people in the seats. College baseball, you know, yes, winning's part of it, needs to be part of it. Who would, who would, who would work to not win? But, you know, I just always felt like, you know, we would always be about winning, but we would never only be about winning. And, you know, that's where, that's where noise gets in the way. I mean, that's where, that's where the, you know, the, the chat rooms and internet stuff, you know, and if you're in the bigger, the bigger the arena, the tougher it is to live by that. Um, you know, it just is the expectations and people lose, you know, they, they kind of lose their concept of what it's all about. And, you know, I think I banked on a long time. I banked on the institution that I was working for being stronger than that and not mm-hmm. getting caught up in that. But what I've learned is institutions are really just people. And in some cases only a couple and, you know, it's just the way it, it's the way it goes, and I understand that. But for me, college baseball is where this where I'd like to finish. And you know, right now, people ask me all the time, "They say, how old are you?" And I go, "Well, I'm somewhere between 45 and 50 feet." And they <laughs> stare at me. They do. They stare at me as they as they should. They go, "What are you talking about?" And I look at them and I say, "I throw BP from somewhere between 45 and 50 feet." <laughs> and that's all that really matters. And I said, the day I can't do that, then my age will be a big factor. Well, but you know, you know, I, yeah. yeah, I, I, uh, I think you could still do it and uh, still do it at a high level, and uh, would love to see you get another uh, shot at it. And uh, in fact, Paul Maneri's coming on with me here in a little while, and uh, there's a guy that you know I, he doesn't know if he's quite finished. Now, I'll tell you how old he is. He's about 65 years old. And Miami yeah, was still. T- yeah. Yep. I saw that. <laughs> you... I was, uh, you tell him I said hello. Okay. Uh, Paul and I have been friends a long time. And when I saw that he was, he had gone down there to interview, I said, a boy. You know, <laughs> you know, and Paul's, Paul's got a lot of roots in Miami, going back to his yeah. dad. And, and he'll be great. I'm glad you're having him on. He'll be. He's, he's, yeah, he's really he's an awesome guy. Well, let's let's stay in touch. It's fun having you. Love. I thought College World Series. I thought of you, and I thought, man, I'd love to visit with him, uh, Steve. And I was so glad to find out you were there watching it. A great perspective. Always love having you on. And uh, Steve, appreciate it, and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Matt, I appreciate you, brother. And you know, for for my friends in Central Texas, I'll just say, sick them. Nice, nice. There he is, Steve Smith, a sickum from Steve Smith. I like it. And uh, Campus Confidential is coming up next. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at syntexsportsfan.com.